Welcome to the Shift Podcast. In competition, transitions are all around you, and then it can either make or break you as an athlete and as a team. And the reality is the same is true in life. Change, transitions are inevitable. Here at Shift, we are focusing on assisting athletes through successful transition in life and in the sport. You have the opportunity to hear stories of these athletes, the ups and downs, the struggles, and the successes that they've experienced along the way, as well as share their story of transition to life after playing their sport professionally at an elite level. Hello, my name is Jonathan Van Horn, along with former pro soccer players Wells Thompson and Michael LaHood. We are excited to be able to journey with you in this process of athlete transition. Enjoy today's episode. You know, just getting started here, can you give us a 30,000 foot view of, of, of your life? Um, so the way that I see it, you grew up in Chicago. I'm not sure if that's correct. So you can correct me when I'm, if I'm wrong here. Mm-hmm. I went to mm-hmm. University of Cincinnati to play football, then went to Louisville, then Texas A&M, and now you're at NC State. Um, so if you could just take us through briefly what that journey <laughs> I know that's hard to do. No, no, it's not. It, it, it's you missed the place, but I'll, 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 I'll fill that in. Correct me. Um, really, one. First of all, I, I always want to start by, um, you know, many times I work in college athletics, so I'm, I'm either meeting with uh, student athletes, recruits, parents, um, or staff, and anytime I introduce myself. Um, I think it's really important that I don't introduce myself by my title, that it's really important for me to introduce myself as who I am. And, and it's taken me a while to better understand and I think I'm still learning about who I am. Um, but I am a I'm first of, of anything else. I'm a man of God and I'm very proud uh, to say that, that uh, uh, I think he's, I know he's always been in my life. But over the last seven years, uh, it's been very clear and I've been all in with them. doesn't mean that I'm perfect. Then yeah. You know that. But uh, <laughs> but I've been I've been all in. Um, the, the chills and, have already started, man. No. And you, you know what? You, you're going to have to do that, too, is you're going to have to mm-hmm. interject. Because when I get to tell them a story, I, I tell you, I, I tell people I could never give a quick version of it because there's so much. And as, an, as I tell it, it, it's never always the same because as I tell it, I always learn about new stuff that I never yeah. even thought about previously. Yeah, that's good. But uh, no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man of God. Um, I'm a servant. I'm a father. Uh, I'm a husband, son, brother, friend, all those things. And um, my, my journey started youngest of five. Uh, in a bit of a blended family, um, two brothers, two sisters, and um, I. Uh, my dad, my dad um, grew up here in North Carolina, and left home around 13 to go and and support the family, and so he had a had a seventh grade education, and was one of the hardest working men or people I've ever met in my life. Wow. And uh, grew up in an environment where uh, mom was really, really impactful from a spiritual standpoint. Dad was, uh, it was a yes, sir, no, sir relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, so many years, I didn't really have a voice. It was yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, <laughs> do as I do as you're told. Right. Yeah. And, um, and my dad was really, with me being the youngest, um, I was, he was really hard on me. And at times I, I didn't understand it. At times I didn't like it. Um, but it wasn't until that day they dropped me off at college that it started to make sense to me. Mm. But if I could rewind a little bit, because my dad had a seventh grade education, one of the biggest things that he preached to us was that you're going to get an education yeah. because I'm supporting this family. I'm working my butt off. He was a horse trainer, but <laughs> I, I want to make sure that you guys and, and girls, um, that y'all have a better opportunity to get and to grow further. He wanted us to be better than him. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll never remember, I'll never forget those lessons that, that he's taught me. Um, and so I, I just, I didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to go to college, but it was always the expectation that you're going to go. Yeah. And, and I grew up in, in a, 
in a suburb of Chicago called Harvey, Illinois. And a lot of people say, well, you hear suburb and they think, oh, he grew up in a good place. No, uh, in, in Chicago, a suburb of, of Chicago, I grew up next door to drug dealers and gangbangers. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so interesting because there were times, I mean, we didn't have very much. And, and I told somebody yesterday, I said, we didn't have very much, but we were rich in love in our home. Mm-hmm. And I remember there were times that I wanted to get some of that quick and easy money. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I look back on my life and those guys would always push me away and says, Raymond, no, there's a different path for you. And and I didn't understand. Hey, I mean, come on, guys, yeah. let me, come on, let me, let me, come on. And and really, when you think mm. about it, drug dealing and gang banging, their job is to recruit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, let us, let, yeah. let us let you yeah, work yeah. for us, right? But uh, when you look back, when I look back, I mean, I see the angels that were mm. covering me yeah. and also see the light that God had in my life, even when I didn't quite know him. And so that, that kind of just pushed me forward. And there's so many instances of those where people have come into my life and just pushed me forward and pushed me forward. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's my time, I guess, growing up in Chicago in that, in that situation. Um, then I go on and my brother, uh, my brother who's closest in age to me, um, many times I try not to tell people who he is because I want people mm. to get to know who I am, um, yeah. and, and, and determine whether you like me or, or don't based on your time with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I'm very proud of him. Um, his name is Rodney and, um, mm. he played, he played in the NFL for 15 years Never uh, before, so, before so long he was, uh, <laughs> He he was my biggest role model. Yeah. Um, this guy, everything he touched was gold. Like mm. it didn't matter the sport. He was super competitive, but he was just very skilled. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I just I had a work ethic. I had some skill, but I wasn't as just actively talented and gifted yeah. as he was. But one thing is, you know, I grew up a little bit smaller, and so I was a baseball player. Mom would let me play football. But I would hmm. go out and watch him practice, and I watched him run this big old hill where they used to run, and I used to just love it. And if you know, like you say, you never heard of my brother, but if you knew about him, if you know anything about him, he was extremely aggressive. Um, we we we, po- we I ended up playing football eventually, but I played football because I wanted to play like him. Yeah. And when I first started playing, I didn't care about an interception. I didn't care about – all I wanted to do was hit somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I just – I just wanted to knock somebody's head off because I got that from Hitman, right? Yeah. And um, and I guess I, I did it good enough to where I got a couple scholarships, scholarship offers, and ended up going to University of Cincinnati. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So I'm just curious, Raymond. Uh, you talk about that expectation from your father as far as having the seventh grade education, saying, "Hey, you're you're going to go to college one way or the other," because I want I want you to, to achieve something and have something that I never had. How did the expectation that was put on the table, uh, like mm-hmm. how did that drive you and your brother, and, uh, like I said, and, and siblings to, to continue to pursue, to, uh, to say, hey, at the very least, I'm going to get to college, I'm going to go to college, get my degree. How did that expectation at a young age fuel you, drive you, motivate, yeah. inspire you? Yeah, I'll say, honestly, I didn't really think a lot about college. I just knew that I had to go to school every day. I had to give my all. If I wanted to play sports, if I wanted to do anything, I had to take care of business. That was my job. Um, I had to go and I had to give my all. And and anything less than that was unacceptable. And if I didn't do that, then it would limit my opportunities to do the things I wanted to do. And I think that's kind of what it was. And then I realized that I wasn't a bad student. Um, I, I, when I look back in my life, I wish I would have paid a little bit different uh, attention and preach out because when I <laughs> ended up going to college and tried to go on this engineering degree, I had to get out of it because I'm like, oh, what is this, right? But no, I think I think it was just the foundational piece mm-hmm. of this is what's first. This is yeah. what's first. And um, and then, like I said, it was that, but also the work ethic, man. I I cut the grass. I raked the leaves. Um, mm-hmm. I knew how to change oil. I understood when you washed the car that the the tires and the floors, 
it's not the car's not clean unless the tires are immaculately done or the yeah. or the floors you don't have any yeah. any crevices in, in the cracks and you made your bed like it was just those things that I didn't yeah. quite understand but now it's like yeah. okay I do know how to wash my clothes I do know how to make a meal I know how to wash dishes yeah. um so it, it was so many different life skills um that my parents and I give a lot of credit to my dad but my mom was so instrumental so instrumental you know That's so yeah so you go to the, you go to the University of Cincinnati. What's the experience like there? You play. Hey, I like how this works because I can break up my story and you guys just ask me yeah. questions. I like this. <laughs> Good job, Wells. Um, so Cincinnati, I uh, I ended up going there. It was the best fit for me. It really was. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't pick it for you know uniform colors. You know, no promises made to me. It just felt like home. I think the one piece that may sway, may have swayed me over other places is that we lived in athletic dorms at the same at that time. They were permissible, and I had my own room, so hmm. that was a selling point. It was like, oh, I really like this place, and you're gonna do that. And so, it, it was interesting because I went on that visit to Cincinnati, but my next visit was supposed to be to Western Illinois, where my brother played at the time. Okay. And what I didn't realize was that I liked it so much in Cincinnati, I pretty much told him I want to come there. And I guess I made a commitment to him. Yeah. And so the word got to <laughs> Western Illinois and they canceled. And I think for, for years, my brother always thought that I just didn't want to go to school with him, which was not yeah. the case. Yeah. And I really think for, for a period of time, it it caused a rift in our little yeah. bit of our relationship. Yeah. But he was my he was my he was my hero. I did yeah. want to go there. I wanted to see what it was like. It doesn't mean that I would actually um chose to go there, but I think God put me where God wanted me to be. During my time mm -hmm. I, I ended up I, I this is a fun fact that I share with people. Um I was recruited by one coach there. After our first year, we were eight and three. He ends up taking a job at Harvard. He's still his name is Tim Murphy. He's still the head coach at Harvard, which I'm like, he, that was a great fit for him also. Yeah. Um, but in my five years, I had two different head coaches, five different position coaches, oh five different defensive coordinators. Oh my goodness. All right. That's so you talk about relationship, you're talking about stability, you know, so what happened was I, I actually developed more of a relationship with my academic advisor yeah. and with my strength coach, because those were the people that were there the entire time. Yeah. You know, I did not have a great relationship with my new coach because he didn't recruit me. Right. And, um, and then I, and I just had this recycling of new coaches every year, trying to understand one, trying to understand and develop a relationship, but also when I was in high school, play football, I just knew cover three, cover two, man to man. But now they're coming with all these exotic schemes or defense. And I'm just like, and then you go from one to another. And I'm like, it was just way too much for me. Yeah. And, and what ended up happening was, um, I don't ever think there were, it wasn't just me, but it was some of my teammates where we didn't feel part of the program. And, and I've really felt like, you know, there were these new rules. And then I saw so many of my guys get moved on. Mm -hmm. And 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 not I'm not putting it all on the coach because we also have responsibility, right? We have expectations and we need to be accountable for going to class and, and not getting in trouble and doing those things. But every slight misstep meant that those folks were getting off because it was an opportunity to bring those recruited new recruited guys in. And one of the things I learned during that time, and, and here I was 18, 19, 20, man, I was it was all about me. Yeah, <laughs> but but I, but I could always see because I couldn't do no wrong. But I could always see how here these guys were coming from Florida, from Georgia, from Jersey, from wherever, right? And they're coming from single parent homes, mm -hmm. and they're coming from a place where it may not be the best circumstance. But the fact that you can make something of your life and you can go to college and play football, it was like there was hope. Yeah. But then I started seeing that football taken away from it, and I saw the change and shift in their lives. Mm -hmm. I saw, unfortunately, some of my guys start to rob and steal and do things because that's all they reverted to, got into drugs and all yeah. that. And I just could not understand, like, why? 
why is that happening? Mm -hmm. But then when I look at it, I'm like, well, why didn't that happen to me? And part of it was, again, that foundation, I knew I had to go to class. I had to do the best I could because that was drilled in me, right? But but I also had the benefit, and my dad was hard on me, but I had the benefit of mom and dad. And Mm -hmm. I did not realize it because sometimes I'm like, man, if dad can stay and work three days, I'm great, right? Mm -hmm. But but what happened was I had that stability. So when my coach, who would say some stuff to us that I could not repeat on here and I wouldn't repeat anymore <laughs> as, as much as I, and, and hopefully I don't repeat as, as yeah. much as a, as a man of God, but sometimes I do because we're not perfect. But the things that he would say to me never sat well with me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but I always could call and talk to mom and dad. Yeah. And there were points in time during that time where I said, guys, I want to transfer. I want to leave. And my mom and dad sat me down and says, look, this has never been about football. Mm-hmm. They said football was the platform that gave you the opportunity to get an education. Yeah. We've always talked about college. We never, we didn't have a fun setup for you. We didn't know how you were going to get there. Thank God you got the scholarship. Yeah. And so it just put things in perspective for me. But I never forgot what happened. And I never forgot the influence of that coach and how mm-hmm. that affected my teammates, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. So, so Raymond, so how has just that, that reality of having more of that long-term perspective. Because, you know, especially today, culture-wise, it's always immediate, instant gratification. I want it now, 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 now. How did mm. that experience and that, that, that uh, intentionality that your folks put into you as far as the long-term perspective, how is that beginning mm. to shape your perspective with your kids now, with the student-athletes that you're working in, working with? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, how has that, that, that mentality impacted you? You know, I, as you're asking that question, um, I, I think of this term that's happened uh, at different segments of my life, and, and I hope I don't mess it up, but it's like, that was the worst, best experience of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the worst, best experience of my life. And, you know, I think my time in college was my worst, best experience of my life because it was tough, guys. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it was yeah. tough. I wanted to quit. I didn't want to do it. But mom and dad said, trust me, there's some things in there that you're going to learn that are yeah. going to help you for life going forward. And, and I had enough loyalty and, and obedience to just stay there. And I'm telling you, as it has played out, they were absolutely right. Because awesome. when I have student athletes that are going through coaching changes and all that, not that I can just say, well, this is my story, so you should be good. But no, I can at least meet them where they are yeah. and be able to share and say, I understand. It was, you know, it's been, it's been there as a student athlete. It's been there as a husband. Um, You know, it's been there where it's been just pain throughout. But Mm -hmm. what I'm realizing is through the pain, there is purpose behind the pain. Um, I remember when I went on one of those journeys. uh, So I went from Cincinnati um, to, to Louisville, to South Carolina, then to Texas A&M. But I won't tell you when this situation happened because I don't know how y'all are spreading this out there. And I don't, I, I'm all about, I'm all yeah. about, I'm all about networking, yeah. right? I'm no, about we networking. Totally, we totally get it. But at one point during that journey or a transition, one mm-hmm. transition was tougher than any I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where, um, I'm a, I'm, look, I'm a black dude, right, in, in college athletics at, at a, you know, I'm a senior administrator. Um, so I've got, I'm overseeing areas and people who typically don't look like me. Yeah. And so the role was reversed where I'm, I'm telling them what to do. Now, I try to serve, but I still think there are times where people just can't see beyond that, yeah. which is why I think it's really important that we spend time and build relationships with people and get to know them beyond what they do at their job. Um, but there were times when people, because I would say something or, you know, I wanted always wanted the best for our student athletes to yeah. where it wouldn't be received the right way. And the first thing that they would say was he doesn't like us or he's racist or he doesn't yeah. like women or whatever. And so one of the places was just a very difficult situation. And I remember having a softball coach who happened to be a white woman pull me aside and take me to lunch. And, and, and I'm going to answer your question, Jonathan, I promise yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, um, it's coming. I, I had this, this woman who took me down and she says, look, this is just the way it works here. She says, I know what you're trying to do. And she says, but you just need to slow down. 
-hmm. And that was the best lunch. And it was the best advice because during that time was when I was starting to dial into my faith. I had just given my life to Christ. And, you know, when you first, for me, when I first dove in, I'm like, okay, I'm giving my life to you. Now make it easy. And it's like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Doesn't doesn't work like that. Good good luck with that. (laughs) For real. And, And so... But the thing that I learned was, I'm a young dude. Now I'm gonna say this: I'm light skinned so that means something in the black community. Mm-hmm. So when you're light skinned in the black community, people consider you soft, all right. And so they'll try you and they'll do these things. But I was the youngest of five, so I always had to fight. Yeah. So I always knew I didn't. I never liked to fight, but I knew if I had to fight, I was gonna swing first and I was gonna swing last. Um. But the thing that God taught me during that time, when you have people that are disparaging your character and doing those things, it's how do you fight? Hmm. And what he taught me was so, it was so unnatural. And he said, love them, pray for them, kill them with kindness. Hmm. And then I will heap burning coals on their heads. And I just, it took me a while. I started doing it. And then what happened was he just started moving people around and, and he really gave me a check. He gave me a second chance to make a first impression. Hmm. And so to answer your question, you don't get there quickly. Yeah. And, and I tell people, as I mentor people in this profession, if you track my history or my progress of being a, a, a professional, I started as an intern or graduate assistant. I went and became an academic counselor. I was working with the teams that people thought were not that important, but I got a chance to work with men's and women's swimming and diving, track and field, cross country, mm-hmm. men's and women's tennis, yeah. because it was easy for me to work with football, basketball. They had, they looked like me, had similar experiences. But when I started working with those, those students, it was like they were international. They came from, you know, maybe upper class, you know, dealing with working with women like just so many differences. But when we sat down and we had a conversation, there was so much we had in common. Mm-hmm. So we, I just found ways to find the similarities. Mm-hmm. And I just believe, and so what I tell people along the way is we are in this microwave society and we want things so fast, but there is, there is this process. We can't, you can't, yeah. you can't, it's like we need to, we need to value the crock pot. We really need to start to value the crock pot because that's when the ingredients start to really kind of come together and it's so tasty instead of always wanting to be put in the microwave. So that's good. That's good. All right, Raven. So I got, I got a a lot of uh, just thoughts coming through my head. The nuggets are are just dropping today. I'm I'm loving this as far as patience, the process, Mm. some of the things you're talking about as far as the condition in the crock pot versus the microwave and just the importance of, uh, of not rushing things, knowing that in the midst of that process, you're going to be learning things that are going to prepare you for what's, mm. what's to come. So, so good. There's this, uh, I heard a, a, a athlete share recently with me. We were just chatting about this whole process and what the importance of it. And he said, he said, it's better to be prepared than early. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that's good. It's better to be prepared than early. He just said, it's, it's mm. so enjoying the process and being intentional as you're going through that process to learn, to grow, to glean, and then once it's you're ready, you're, you'll be prepared. You can, you can maximize that opportunity you have. All right. So, with that said, Raymond, you know we were, we were chatting a little bit before we started the show here. Uh, we have a commonality, uh, a common bond, is from a relationship standpoint. Uh, you worked with my mom at University of South Carolina. All right. So, so a little fun little fun little tidbit. So I was uh, I was texting with her this morning, asking her mm-hmm. about you and just like, hey, did you guys work together? What what was Raymond like? And this is, this, is, this is what she told me. This is what she texted me, all right? So I'm going to share her text this me about yeah. what she shared about you as a man, as a leader. Uh, don't do that to all me. Right, come on, don't, come on. Don't, 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 right. don't, don't do that. <laughs> all right, this is what she said. She said, Raymond is fabulous, strong believer, clear values, a rock-solid internal compass, great leader. He took our academic success program to a whole new level. Our student athletes must go to class. They must... Uh, or there's a penalty system that graduates from missing class to missed competition that he put in place. We, <laughs> University of South Carolina, are regularly at the top of the SEC academically 
and it is due to the foundation and tough love accountability that Raymond brought to the table. Oh, she goes on. Most schools don't have the guts or the leadership to put the standards in place that we have academically. But Raymond, <laughs> this, is, this is so good. Raymond has so much credibility with the athletic director, with coaches, and with the student athletes that we were able to pull it off. And then she shared a little snippet about uh, the first student athlete that was withheld from competition for a half was their quarterback. <laughs> and then she goes, and thank God we still won. Uh, I know Raymond, it's, that is an amazing testament to your character, uh, to your leadership as a man, as a husband. Uh, and it was, yeah, I, I was, I was floored. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, this, to me, this is what it's about. I mean, I, I, we're not going to post the video, but Raymond's getting emotional. And I mean, I'm getting emotional and crying and, um, you know, I just remember the, I remember the first time I met Raymond. And, uh, so oftentimes we just get so into the day to day and our worries and, mm -hmm. and, you know, especially with this COVID stuff, there's so much going on that we, we lose our focus. Right. And so just to hear, um, you know, this was totally unexpected, unplanned, like Jonathan and Raymond didn't know or make that the connection no. that they knew each other before we got on the show. So we're making that connection and, um yeah so super cool super super yeah. cool at the end of the day uh, it's not about winning games mm -hmm. but it's about it's about making better humans and loving on mm -hmm. people and and what's amazing raymond is this is that hearing your story this morning already just a little bit a snippet of growing up time at uc and transition to louisville and and usc and then a m and, and where you are at the nc state how she described you as as a person you see that fleshed out in the process of your life from the influence mm. of your parents mm. to your, your, your siblings, uh, mm. even navigating some of the conflict with your brother early on in those years, just navigating and say, okay, and just in the scene where you guys are at today from your relationship and just how proud you are of him and he mm. is of you. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. And seeing again, that accountability, that mm. tough love that, uh, that you experienced, but also the intentionality of passing it on to the next generation of, of, of people, of athletes, uh, and, and knowing that the athletes you're working with are more than just their performance and their sport, but they're people, they're humans, and you're loving yeah. them as a result of that. Yeah, I mean, I would just love, I'd love to hear what's going on in your Yeah, mind. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for, for taking up for me and <laughs> talking through, it, it, extremely emotional. Um, the, the thing that I, that comes to my mind, and, and I share this at times, because I don't, I get these nuggets from different people. I just love studying leadership and, and mm -hmm. really servant leaders. Um, that's why I love reading the Bible because come on, what other lead, like the greatest leadership book there is, mm -hmm. in my opinion, yeah. right? In my opinion, yeah. um, because there's so much given, there's so much life giving uh, power and direction and instruction. So the first thing I can think about is, you know, Jonathan, when you started talking about that, I, one, I didn't know, I had no idea what you were going to say, uh, <laughs> because there are times when you have to do this job mm -hmm. that you have to make tough decisions. And um, as I was having a conversation this week with uh, one of my colleagues who, um, you know, we're in a day of COVID and all these different yeah. things, and, and I oversee some areas. And and I told people, I said, this is not a warm and, and this is not going to be a warm and fuzzy conversation. Yeah. I said, but I'm never going to demean. I'm going to always be respectful, uh, always going to think about how I want to be treated. But there are times where we just got to be very matter of fact with people just yeah. to set the tone. It can't always be kumbaya and everybody, yeah. I love you. And when <laughs> mistakes are made, we need to talk about it, right? But then it was almost like, well, so you, you walk into a room, right? When you walk into a room, you can see everyone except who? Unless there's mirrors, you can't see yourself. See yourself. You yeah. can see everyone in the room. So mm -hmm. sometimes you just don't know how people see you. And to mm -hmm. hear, and I, the respect that I have for your mom and what she's done. And yeah. I, I saw what, so let me say this. So your mom took over, and we talked about this, that mm -hmm. your mom came in and took over our program after we had been on NCAA 
uh, probation. Right. The funny thing about me coming to South Carolina was when I became, when I moved from Louisville, because I wanted to grow and become a director of academics, I took the job in South Carolina. They were under academic probation. Right. So they yep. had gotten in trouble with the NCAA. And there was distrust on campus between yep. academics, the academic community on campus, oh, yeah. and athletics. And one of the things I thought, thought about right away was, I've got to go build these relationships. Mm-hmm. We got to create this bridge on campus because we're part of the university. Right. Like that's who we are. Like we, I think, I think more than anything else, and this is what I love about being here at NC State. NC State reminds me so much of South Carolina. Mm. Because it, it, when I went, when we went to South Carolina, it wasn't, when I, I literally tell you guys, when I went there, it was like, what is this place? I thought this was the SEC and I was so underwhelmed, right? <laughs> but I promise you, it, yeah. it, thank God it was a two-day interview. Because had it been a one-day interview, I would have went home and I wouldn't have taken a job. Yeah. But because it was a two-day interview that next morning after praying over it and having a conversation with my, my boss, who was going to be my boss at the time, it was like, well, that's the reason you need to be here because the things aren't in place. Right. Right. And, and I think that's kind of who God has presented me to be is a, is a builder, is somebody who sees good and bad situations, sees good in people mm-hmm. who may appear to be broken yeah. and figure out a way, how do I encourage? How do I pour in? How do I give back what was already given to me? Yeah, that's good. Because I will tell you this, guys, and I don't know how this fits in this, but somebody's got to take me back to my time at Cincinnati because a piece of the time at Cincinnati really has kind of just launched me forward. Mm. But I think the biggest thing, man, is just you just never know how people see you. Yeah. Um, you never know what they think about you. But to hear those things, man, I say all the time, if, if, if ever people want to charge me for being guilty as a Christian, if I'm guilty, I want to be guilty, right? I want to be guilty. And it sounds like, man, yes. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, like she, she, was, she was like, oh my gosh, can't, that's awesome. And then she just like, then she just texted me those words. And I was like, wow. That, and I texted her, I'm like, is it okay if I share this with him? This is awesome. She's like, absolutely. So, that was, hey, really hey cool. Jonathan, I was such a work in progress back then. <laughs> that was years ago. <laughs> don't get, don't, hey, I'm glad my wife's not here to corroborate any of this. She's like, who is that? That wasn't who he was. So. Uh, all right, so, so Raymond, just curious. So, uh, you, so you say that you know that was a long time ago. That's you know you've, you've developed, you've grown a lot since then. You've been to that you know, South Carolina to Texas A&M, now to NC State. How have those different transitions? Like shift is about navigating successful transition in life and in sport. So, how have those transitions prepared you experientially now to build into the, this next generation of athletes as they're coming in 18, 19, 20, 21? Mm. Knowing that they have three, <laughs> four, five years with these guys, these men and women, these athletes, to prepare them for the transition of, of life. Yeah. You know, yeah. So how has that experience yeah. helped shape you for that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm a young black dude growing up in Chicago. I yeah. wasn't supposed to be where I was supposed yeah. to be. I was not a very good football player. I mean, I could hit somebody. I got a chance to go and get a degree from a place. I ended up getting two degrees from a place. My boys live a life totally different than the life I live. I mean, we, like, I don't, yes, this is my job. Man, I haven't worked a day in 22 years. I serve. Like, I get a chance to just live out ministry and serving people. And so the things that I've learned, and then I realized that the training it wasn't because of my degree. And I saying that that's not important. Right. Yes, I needed to get a degree and I needed to get another degree, right? Because I needed to learn. I need to always be learning. But the thing that prepared me more than anything else was sport. Hmm. Was sport. So many transferable skills, guys, mm-hmm. like about life about life, we talk about life skills, and that's always, my background is academics and life skills. I believe it. I believe what we're doing is we have student athletes for a period of time, and we have it, and this is life and death. I really believe it, Mm -hmm. because you can either set them on the right path or the wrong path. 
right? It doesn't mean that we save everyone, right. but I think we have to continue to pour in them. I think we have to hold them accountable. I think we have to create expectations for them. And it's up to them because you're not going to reach everyone at the same time. But I never, ever want to be in a situation where I have anyone who works with or for me to, to ever give up on a person. Because sometimes it's not that you give up on them. Sometimes instead of always talking to that person, why don't you talk to the other person who's connected to them? Because we've got to be strategic in how we get the message. One of the things I've learned as a father, which is one of the most difficult paths it's been for me, is that I cannot, sometimes my boys tune me out. I cannot allow that to stop telling the story. I cannot allow that to stop pouring into their lives because at some point in life, there's going to be a fork in the road. I don't want them to hear one voice. I want them to hear two voices. I want them to hear dad still saying what dad said, because if I get discouraged and I stop saying it, they can't hear it. Mm. They can't hear it. And so, yeah, the reason I'm here in many ways is because of teamwork, is because of hard work, is because of the commitment, is because of the leadership and learning how to serve from behind. I wasn't the best player, but I was the rah-rah guy. I was, one of, I was always going to be a great teammate. I was going to outwork you in the weight room because I had to work harder. Yeah. But they, and, and my teammates, I believe to this day, my teammates loved me. They never treated me as, oh, this guy's a special teams guy. No. And it, it hurt me to my core when I had my coach tell me that I wasn't a leader. It was the first, because my dad always told me, you're a leader, not a follower. There were certain things he repeated in our lives and poured it to us. Yeah. And so there were things in my life that just, I'm like, no, that doesn't add up. But I needed to hear that. I needed to hear I wasn't a leader. I needed him to say what he said to me. So, but let me say this, because I want to weave this in. Mm -hmm. So during that time at Cincinnati, when I had all those coaches, I was really down on myself, guys. Mm -hmm. I was in a deep, dark pit. I didn't think I was a good player anymore, and I dang sure didn't think I was a good person. And I didn't know which way to go. And I had a, I had a coach that was in my life one year. His name was Tim Rose. He was the, he was the defensive coordinator at, at ECU, and we played against him a couple of times. And he came to the University of Cincinnati, and he was my coach. And I had a coach that was telling me, you won't be nothing. You're going to end up in dead or in jail. Those were the words that I would hear, right? That's the words some of us heard. Yeah. As a coach, right? But then I had this guy, and he was so engaging. Great job, Raymond. Great job, Raymond. Great job, Raymond. And he picked me up, guys. And I'll never forget it because he changed my life. Yeah. And all I've ever wanted to be from that point going forward is a Tim Rose for somebody else. That's good. Because he stood in the gap for me when there was no hope, and he gave me hope. And so he gave me a chance to see my relationship with my academic advisor differently. He gave me a chance to see uh, the, my strength coach, who I love, and I got a chance to see for the first time in years last year, and we couldn't stop hugging each other, right? But, but those are the things, and I want our student-athletes to experience that, but I also want student-athletes to learn these lessons in real time. Yeah. Right. Let's not wait five, 10 years down the road. Let's let's. And that's what we do is we put together a program so that they can actually see it happening so that you can apply. Hey, this is what you're learning. OK, let's do it over here. Because one of the things is that student athletes sometimes, especially in the in the revenue sports or football, basketball, whatever, they're getting a bad rap that they can't learn. And I say, bull, whatever you want to put into the blank, yes. because because the thing is. I never played, I was a basketball player a little bit, but not really. When I go to basketball practice and I see them draw an outline of play, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Guess what? They do it. I'm like, well, what happened to the, you know, yeah. but they are capable of learning. I think sometimes as educators, we get lazy and we give up mm. because we don't want to meet them where they That's are. Good. People That's learn good. in different ways. Yeah. And what I love about what we do in athletics, it's a learning laboratory. So you're teaching them on in the classroom. Yeah. They got to get educated there. And I'm not all about A's and B's all the time. No, give your best. Give your best. So learn there. Learn in your sport. Yeah. Get in the community and serve. Because what we need them to do is to take their eyes off of them, 
Oh, my life is so bad. All oh, this is so bad. Mm-hmm. No, get out and serve and be That's a good. and see somebody else that would love to be in your shoes. Because yeah. the gift that we give, guys, is, as servants, you love how that makes you feel, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little selfish. It's a little selfish. But that's what I want our yeah. student athletes to experience. And if we can get that and we can kind of multiply this, then what happens is you see what we're seeing. And what we're seeing on our campus is I am being educated and motivated and inspired, that's not cool. by Tim Rose, but every single one of our student athletes. They're so mature. They're so yeah. on top of what's going on out here in this, in this, in this country with the social and racial injustices. They are on top of it. So sometimes we just say, we're here for you. We're going to amplify yeah. your voice, but we're going to stay out the way. Yeah. Y'all lead us, yeah. right? That's good. So, and that's a testament, Raymond, to, to what you and uh, the athletic department have done in recruiting and also development of those athletes. Uh, being able to step back and say, hey, we, we just want to empower you and allow you guys to do, because you're, you're in it. You're leading. You're leading the charge. You're doing it. That's a testament to what you, what to Raymond, yeah. you and your, and your staff have done uh, from a leadership standpoint, because at the end of the day, that's what you want. Like you, you don't want to be the one always telling mm. them what to do. The greatest teachers, the greatest coaches aren't the ones doing. They're the ones mm. that are inspiring, not only for now, mm. but also for what's to come. And you're doing that. That's awesome. Amen. Amen. That's so good, man. Well, well, I, 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 I'm not going to take credit for that. Um, I think you make a great point because I do think our coaches, I think a lot of credit goes to the coaches because, mm-hmm. uh, and I love the philosophy. So I want to say this real quick in terms of recruiting. I've been in places to where we've not had much, or we've had something, but we've not had the bells and whistles. But I've been in places where the sky was the limit in terms of what you can spend because they can they were printing money, right? Yeah. So, but one of the things that I could not understand was no matter how much or how less you have, I think it's important that we tell people who we are as we're recruiting them, yeah. right? Because part of this recruiting piece, it should be a two-way deal. Because if I just recruit you on all the bells and whistles, and then you get here, and now I want you to work hard, but I've never talked about working hard. I never talked about you going to class. I never talked about you being respectful to women. I never talked to you about staying away from this or that. And then all of a sudden you get here and I'm telling you that, now you're gonna leave. Right. Right? So I think it's really, really important. And I think our coaches here have done a really good job of just one, first of all, knowing who we are, and recruiting people to who we are by telling them the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Telling them the truth. This is who we are. I'd rather tell you that now and you say, oh, this is not for me, mm-hmm. um, than to tell them all this other stuff. We get them and then we lose them anyway. Right. Or we get them and then, then now they're, they're not a really good teammate because, you know, they don't match. They're not aligned. Leadership has to be aligned. The values have to be aligned. Yeah, I'm sitting here kind of laughing because um, I told you before we got on that I want to make it a little more conversational, man. But honestly, I just want to sit here and listen to you talk. Like, you're bringing the heat, man. It's, it's awesome. And there's two things I want to touch on real quick. And it's the way you started the show with identity, right? Mm-hmm. Like who you are as a person. And so for Amen. me, it's, um, I was Wells Thompson, the soccer player. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's who I was. And that's how I saw myself. And so when I retired, <laughs> Mm. I'm not a soccer player anymore. So who am I? And so that was mm. a very, 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 you talk about being in, in darkness and, and, and down. Yeah. It was hard mm. to go through. And yeah. so I, I love how you, you answer that question with, with your, your identity, right? You're, yeah. you're a man of God and then yeah. your husband yeah. and father. And I think if anything, COVID is teaching so mm. many people that, right? Yeah. Like, I hope so. I ministry, hope so. <laughs> yeah. Our ministry is first and foremost in our home, right? Mm. We have yes, to right right uh vertically so we can be right no be right horizontally right. yeah vertically right. so we can be right horizontally yeah. that cross yeah, yeah. absolutely and so, and so getting right with god and getting right with people and then the second thing is uh, and this is it ties into identity but you talk about learning and so i think of what's really important for athletes is that we have to unlearn a lot of things mm. so i have to unlearn that um I'm just valuable because I score a goal or I'm just valuable because I, um, I do something good. Right. And so I, I relate to you, like my parents were phenomenal. They never made me feel like I had to perform a certain way to get their love. Right. So it, it, it's interesting how we, we have, um, great people that, that, that raise us, but we go a different way. And, and, 
and it was cool to hear you not getting involved in the drugs and alcohol because that's what I did, right? Like I was, I was a screw up. So mm -hmm. um, now I didn't say that I didn't get involved at some point. I just didn't sell drugs. And now, yeah, that's okay. a whole different story. That's part of the journey. That's yeah, part of the yeah, journey, part of, right? Yeah, that's right. It's part of the process. Very authentic. Very authentic, yeah. right? I mean, there's not, there's no shame because there's no shame because he's washed me clean, right? Yeah. And that's the power of it because it's shame, that shame and that guilt and you holding that, it keeps you locked up. But when you're able to release it, yeah. because he says that he forgives you, now you can move forward. But I want to say this, man. Listen, I do remember when we met and I remember, you know, there was the NC State connection there for that short period of time. And I remember the conversations that we've had. But, I, you know, I love you, man. I love you so much. You and you are a phenomenal dad. I know you're a phenomenal so, husband. My wife is thriving because of me meeting you and you connecting her to your wife. And so, so Jonathan, we're all kind of connected yeah. here, man, in this nice little triangle right. here. But I got to say that to you, man. I, I love you. I, I think the world of you. And I am just honored to be here to experience this space with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you talk about me talking, man. I talk all the freaking time, <laughs> but but no, man. I so so to say what to, to really kind of dive into what you said is that that's the learning piece that I had to figure out over time. But you don't know that unless you continue to stay connected to your athletes and you see. And I, I I've started using athletes, and I probably never want to do that. I always say student athletes. Um, I've gotten lazy a little bit, right, in that, in, from yeah. that regard. They're student athletes. Um, but there have been times when you just talk to them over time, but you, you get all these different stories. And, and, and Jonathan, you talk about the time in South Carolina. Like, it, it's sometimes you're going through and you're doing this, and you may have some tough days, or you may be having to make, you may have to make some tough decisions. And it's so interesting how God will send a touch of mm -hmm. some student athlete that you touched or someone who graduated because you stayed, kept your foot in their butt, right? And they didn't understand it, but then they're like, yeah. thank you. And they're telling you about their kids. They're telling you about their wives. Yeah, they're telling you about their husbands. They're telling you about mm -hmm. all of these things, right? And, and it's like, but when you continue to have those conversations, it's always, well, what could you do? What would you, if you could do it all over again, what could we have done differently for you? Yeah. And I think that's one of the benefits. I've always operated from that standpoint. I've always put myself back in the state of being a student athlete. I never want to get away from that. That's the core mm -hmm. of, it's what I do. It's not who I am, but it's a core of a part of me, right? That we're yeah. this whole human being. Yeah. We're made up of all of these different things, good parts and bad, right? That's what forms us. But, but I think it's important because I want to hear from them. And the thing that I, it's just wisdom over time. It's, it's losing your hair, right? And, and that's my hope is if I don't have hair, hopefully I'm getting more wisdom as that's I continue right. to lose follicles, right? I hope that's part of it. But I think the piece of it is, is it's really getting them to understand because there will be a time in this process where you get hurt or where you don't play as much. Mm. And if all your identity is tied to that, you're going to be in a dark place. But I can yeah. guarantee you, there's so many positive and other talents that we have. So our thing is, let's find a way to get our student athletes to see of the other talents. You know, yeah. I'm talking to a student athlete the other day who's a phenomenal leader, and he wants to be a football coach. And I'm asking him, well, why do you want to be a football coach? Because my thing is this, don't just be a football coach to teach X's and O's, because you're, gonna, you're yeah. not going to use, maximize the talent God's given you. Brother, you've got so much insight into life. Like you teach me. Yeah. So as coaches, because I've seen I've seen great coaches, but I've seen bad coaches. Mm -hmm. And it matters. It does. Absolutely. It matters, guys. And I am so thankful that I get a chance now. I've worked with student athletes, now I get a chance to work with coaches. Hmm. And I and I and I never call myself a mentor to our coaches. I don't ever want to do that, but I partner with them. Yeah, I partner with them and I say, hey, what are you trying to do here? Okay, if this is what you want to try to do here, love on these guys. Love on these girls. Tell them you love them. Talk to them. Ask about mom and dad. Don't just go and talk yeah. about what 40 time is. 
right? That's good. That's good. Build those relationships because the no, I know the person that I would run through a wall for, I knew he cared for me. Yeah, that's good. It ain't hard, guys. I'm telling you, it's just not hard. <laughs> we make it difficult. I, th- I heard somebody, I heard somebody, some some real wise person says, Com- complexity is the enemy of growth. I heard mm-hmm. that recently. Some some famous author, Wellstone, or something, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he put that in my head, man. Well, I am a simple yeah. dude, man. I'm simple. I want to be simple in my thinking. Right. Keep it simple, stupid. I'm stupid. That's good. Yeah, That's no, good. no. And it, it, it's easy to complicate things, and um, but when we just when we keep it simple and have those funda- foundational things that we go after, and at, the end, at the end of the day, we're human beings, and. Uh, it's it, it reminds me of the quote like people don't know people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care yeah. and um so man no doubt god's using you mightily at nc state and we got to have you on again i feel like we're just scratching mm. the surface just, oh, absolutely just so absolutely. There, man. yeah man would love to have the opportunity to, to get back together again but before if we did do that you know since you guys know more about me especially you jonathan coming in and and, and hit me with that haymaker about what your mom said. That was really, man, I, I don't know about how I feel about that, man. You, you got me on here. I, I guess the best thing about it is I'm okay with showing my weakness. Yeah. Uh, had this been three or four years ago, I might not, I might be upset with you, but no, I, I appreciate that. And, but no, we gotta, if we, if we do this again, I, I really do wanna get on the flip side of this and be able to ask you guys more questions and, and kind of understand more about your journey and how yeah. you're doing this. So, Thank y'all for doing this, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, go ahead. If we could just, if we could finish up, I don't know if Jonathan has a question, but I would just like, it, so you're talking about keeping it simple, foundational building blocks. Like yeah. what is, what is one thing that you repeat over and over to your student athletes? Mm. <laughs> one thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one thing that comes to mind. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of things that come to um, mind. Hmm. One thing, good question, good question. Um, be great today, but make somebody else's day greater. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Be great today, but make someone else's day greater. That's good. Well, you've made my day greater, brother. Absolutely. Oh, man. Absolutely. Hey, iron sharpens <laughs> iron, man. Iron sharpens iron. You know that. Yeah. Man, we appreciate yeah, you having on. Please give, uh, yeah, give our love to your family, and I hope we can do this. Absolutely. Again. Yes, sir. And we still need to do coffee, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. All right, man. Jonathan, a pleasure meeting you, sir. Pleasure you as well, Raymond. Really appreciate it. Good to know you a little bit today. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Bye. Yeah, man. All right, bye. See you, brother. See ya. Thank you for listening to The Shift Podcast, where we are assisting athletes through successful transition in sport as well as in life. We would love for you to subscribe, share the podcast, as well as leave a review. Remember, change is one of the only things in life that are guaranteed. Will you be ready?